0: What is this place? What's your name, honey? Uh, I'm Joe. I teach middle school band. Gotta go for it! Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first shows at 7.
1: Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's gonna say? Joe, go! No, it's the great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interests before they go to Earth. Meet 22. (gasps) I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. I don't want
2: (laughs) to. Uh. Okay, look, I already know everything about Earth, and I don't want anything to do with it.
0: You're missing out on the joys of life, like uh, pizza. I can't smell. We can't, we can't taste either. All that stuff is in your body. No smell, no taste, or touch. See?
1: Okay, I get it. Wow. It's my life. Is all this living
0: really worth dying for?
1: You're still alive? Can you help me get back? No way! There
0: I am. What are we waiting for?
1: Wait, not me! Ah!
0: Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan.
2: Hi, I'm Ryan.
1: And I'm Devin.
0: And today we're taking a look at the other movie that went directly to streaming platforms on Christmas Day, Disney Pixar Soul. And since Devin is the uh, Disney expert among the three of us, Probably. take it away, Devin. Tell us about Soul.
1: Alright, so Soul is directed by Pete Docter, who has only directed a few of the Pixar movies, but has arguably directed my favorite Pixar movies. Uh, he's done Monsters, Inc., Wally, Inside Out, and Up. Uh, he was at least a writer, if not a director, on all of those. So I had a lot of expectations going into this movie. This was the first full-length movie that Disney's released to Disney Plus that wasn't Mulan released where it's like that weird Disney Plus premium you have to pay us $30, this was just released. This was supposed to originally be released, I think, around this time, around holiday season, uh, twenty twenty. Anyway, they decided to take it to Disney Plus. Uh, it stars Jamie Fox and Tina Fey, um, which is—I mean, it's a cool combo. I—I I thought it was a, it's a an weird interesting, combo. It is a weird combo, but I kind of liked it. Um, and yeah, so this is the first official one on Disney Plus. It has very lofty ambitions, uh, and I want to hear what you guys thought about it.
0: I, I guess they're not counting onward because that did
1: get a theatrical release. I actually saw that one theaters. Okay. I yeah. still have
0: not seen that one. No. Um, uh, I really enjoyed this, uh, from the opening Disney logo where they had the middle school band playing when you wish upon a star. I was like, okay, this is This is my kind of movie. Uh, I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, there's a lot that I have to say about it, but it's mostly all good. So Ryan,
2: I was pleasantly surprised. (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised. Um, It's been a while since I've seen a new Pixar movie. Um, It's been a while since they've released one. Um, And I wasn't too, unfortunately Devin and I do apologize. I wasn't too impressed with onward. That's okay. So the last that was the last new Pixar movie that came out, and so my expectations were just like eh, Pixar's, you know, their you know big run is over. Now they're just going to be doing like specialized stories mm-hmm. more than like the overarching ones. And this was kind of both. Like this was definitely like targeted, but at the same time, it they did enough to it to appeal to a lot of people. Um, and I'll get into that, you know, once we start talking about it, but I mean, I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, and it, and so did Kristen cause she watched it with me. So,
1: Oh, that's cool. This for me was weird. So going into it, I was excited for it, but every kind of promotional material I had seen about it, I went, Oh my God, this is just going to be up again. And it felt like up for a little while. And then it started doing its own thing. And I loved it the most when it did its own thing. But my favorite part about Pixar is it always has this moment where it does the whole reveals the lie that the main character believes like that's one of their hallmarks is they'll like show you the lie the main character believes they'll show them you know learning that lie is not true obviously and then that's kind of the emotional core of the movie I feel like that one didn't hit as hard for me in this movie but I love the message that was at the center of that more than I am mad about what it didn't do I think
0: yeah, we can get into that more because I have some thoughts on that too. Yeah. Uh, it's not something I really look for in a Pixar movie, but that does bring up a good point that I f- had for the end of this film. Okay. Um, watching the trailers in, or, or the commercials that I did see for this, I was getting more of an inside-out vibe than I was an
1: up vibe. Did I say up? I meant inside-out. I 100% yeah. meant inside-out. Okay. I do that sometimes. Remember that time I said – Deadpool was directed by David Lynch.
0: Yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah. was
1: fun. That's not true. He definitely didn't do that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, speak, I didn't speaking mean Speaking
0: of up. directors, like Pete, De- Pete Doctor is the director on this, but it was yes. also uh, co-directed by Kemp Powers, which I think is important to say because he also did the story with Pete Doctor and Mike Jones.
1: That's right. He did. But, yeah.
0: Um, so just giving credit where credit's due.
1: Oh, um, well, Absolutely. Yeah, so where so, do we want to start? Let's start with, with what we like. Let's not start into spoilers just yet. Let's, let's like dive into like what we liked about the movie. Uh, and I'll start because I've been thinking about this for a while. I liked that Pixar's thing lately has been two unlikely people have to physically go to another place way over there. And they run into all of these zany things that have to do with the world on the way. Uh, Onward did that inside out, did that. Um, Wally in, in some sense did that up, did that. They're like, okay, this is our location. This is our conceit. We're going to kind of run into these things while the character physically goes that way. And this movie didn't do that. And I really appreciated it for it. Okay. Ryan.
2: Yeah, no, I can definitely see where Devin's coming from that. And I, yeah. Um, superficially, I mean, I just kind of like the setup, you know, it being like uh, a guy who gets like, hey, you know, like he gets his life set up and he's like, yeah, that's not really what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I like that uh, more superficial stuff. I, I love the fact that there's a cat in this. I'm just going to sort of say it. I'm a cat person <laughs> and I love the fact that like as soon as the cat got involved, it's like, yes, because I did not see a cat in any of the promotional stuff no. except for like. On Disney Plus, like after I watched it, then the cat appeared on everything and I didn't see the cat before. So I think overall, I think that I was intentional. It, so. I, I liked that so too because, yeah, yeah, because that was definitely an aspect to this film. Because I mean, I seriously, after seeing Onward and then seeing the advertisements for for this, I was like, oh, okay. So he learns his life lesson. Like I seriously thought this was going to be like a Grinch type storyline, like seriously. And I was like, I don't really want to see that. You know, it's, it's going to be Pixar. So it's going to be good. and It's going to be funny, but I'm not sure if I really want to see that kind of a storyline right now. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that. And I was happy about that. So I think I answered the question correctly.
0: Yeah. No, you got it. (laughs) <laughs> what really struck me about this movie was the music.
1: Interesting. And okay, not just
0: yeah. the jazz stuff. I love the jazz stuff, but the score. Uh, one of the reasons my wife decided to watch this with me was because the sto- the score is done by Trent Rasner and Atticus, Atticus Rose, or mm-hmm. Atticus Ross. Sorry, um, from Nine Inch Nails. And they, they oh. did the Watchmen score. They did uh, social network. They've been doing scores for a while. Um, but this is the first time they've done a Disney Pixar score from as far as I can tell. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and I, I liked that they hid the, the bulk of the movie from the advertising. Like you saw a lot of them in the soul world and not really anything on earth um, which left a lot to be surprising throughout the film.
1: Well, and I did like that a lot because basically when they got to the soul world, I was like, okay, we're done seeing the human world, I guess. And you definitely weren't. And then I think the parts in the human world actually made it better. Like those were the parts I liked more than the parts in the soul world. Cause a lot of it, I feel like I've seen from Pixar before the whole, like, this is where they get personalities. There's where introverts go. Hey, look at this. Everyone's <laughs> named Terry. Isn't that silly? Uh, Or, no, everyone's Jerry and the one guy's Terry. Like, isn't that silly? And I was like, okay, that's inside out. Got it. Like, I've seen those things before. I've seen, I know you can be creative, Pixar. Thank you.
0: It also does a really good job of taking all of these spiritual ideas and ideologies and like metaphysics and bringing it all together into an easy to digest um, platform. I go easy to digest. I, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. No, it's I, easy to understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it's the thing to I like, with. Yeah. and the thing I like about it too is it was completely like non-religious the whole thing. Like it showed like what happens before you're born. It shows almost what happens when you die, and like none of it like leaned. I thought like one towards one religion or another really.
0: Well, and what's great about that is it doesn't lean religious, but you can still read into it what you want. Like exactly. If you want to look at the religious aspect, like a religious aspect of it, then
1: you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So is there anything that you didn't like about the movie? Like, is there, like, without spoilers, any, like, kind of overarching problems or anything like that?
2: Could there's you- one aspect. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, there's, there's one aspect of the movie i felt went too long but i can't Mm -hmm. get into spoilers okay
1: but there was like a part that that dragged for you
2: yeah there was a part that dragged for me but i can get into that when we get into spoilers but i mean other than that there really wasn't anything that i disliked about the film
1: Mm
0: -hmm. my only complaint is i could have used more david diggs
1: yes oh yes
0: i could say that about anything he's in probably so who was he he was he was paul guy he was the other guy in the barbershop. Like the one mm-hmm. who was like making fun of him the whole time.
1: Yeah. The one that was, was like all- on his phone. Oh, okay. Him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was
0: also Lafayette and Jefferson and Hamilton.
1: Yeah. Okay. And he's also in Kimmy Schmidt for a bit. Oh yeah. Um, okay.
2: That. <laughs> you guys are <laughs> talking about somebody that's in your entertainment circle and not mine. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean. um, <laughs> um,
1: I think, The only thing I didn't like about the movie, I think, again, it was just that reveal where the character, like, just finds out that the lie that he's been told the whole time, we'll get into it with spoilers, it just, it didn't have the same emotional weight for me as, like, Onwards did. Like, Onwards, like, I almost cried in the theater. And then, like, you know, there's a couple of times, like, Pixar's got me tearing up, and I think that that's a cool trick to pull because I generally think of myself as a Grinch-type character. Um, And this didn't have that same weight for me. Okay. But I liked the idea behind it. So we'll get into that yeah. later, I'm sure.
2: Well, yeah. Mm.
0: I think we need to get into that now because I'm not okay. quite yeah, sure what you're talking about when okay. you say the lie. So this is your spoiler warning from this point on. We're going to be talking spoilers yep. on Soul. So I think we can all say we recommend this film. If you got this, go check it out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then come back if you want to hear spoilers. But if you've already seen this film or just don't care about spoilers – here we go. So, Devin, what is what is the the Pixar lie in this film?
1: So, the Pixar lie in this film is that each person has a single purpose for being on Earth, and that single purpose is something very focused and very directed. And the whole point in life of life is that you have to drive yourself to that singular thing. The main character, uh, I forget, I've been I refer to him as Jamie Fox the whole time. Joe, the main character, Joe believes that his singular purpose is playing music and is performing the when he stops believing that lie is when he finds out that the purpose of life isn't to drive yourself relentlessly towards a single goal but it is to live and experience life the best that you can they tie that lie to the spark that the the souls have you don't get the spark because you find your purpose you get the spark because you are ready to enjoy life and i think that's so cool and i know so many people who need to hear that message But for some reason, it didn't have the same emotional weight as in Onward when um, Tom Holland's character realizes that he doesn't actually need to see his dad to feel better about all of it. Like that one, like, got me hard. But this one, for some reason, didn't.
2: I think I can explain it. Okay. Is that uh, the the explanation of the lie or the Mm -hmm. correction of the lie in Soul? Is that something you already kind of agreed with and thought about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it is. And I think that it's it's more for other people. Like, I want other people to see that.
2: And that's why it didn't hit you as hard as Onward did. Because Onward, that part, and Onward, because mm-hmm. it's like, I lost my dad a yeah. while ago. So that part really hit me. The mm-hmm. problem was I couldn't connect to any of the characters because I'm not a Dungeon and Dragons type person. <laughs> I'm not a Lord of the Rings type person. So sure. I was like, oh, cool. These are cool characters. But I on... But on like a surface level i never connected i never connected with them so like mm-hmm. that like punch and the gut and onward like it was like oh cool that's a really cool storyline because i really connect with that aspect of it but i didn't with the characters with this yeah. like i kind of believe that you know w- w- what they said in this film but it's like in the past few years i have come to realize that yeah So, so, so the the realization to what you already think and to what I already think, Mm -hmm. like it's still new. So that kind of scene that in this film, like it got to me.
1: Yeah. Oh, I get that. So
0: so for me, I thought they were going to go a different way than they did with it. Okay. I thought they were going to lean into the, yes, you're meant to, the, the jazz part of your life is important. Mm-hmm. but it's the teaching aspect that is what you're meant for. I thought they were going to lean into that more because uh-huh. they, when they, you had the students show up to his right. apartment for the lesson, I, th- I was like, okay, so they're going to lean into the, your purpose is to to teach and to influence these students' lives and teach them music and sp- spread it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the film still kind of does that. Like, seeing the joy and enjoying life, like enjoying jazz and passing it on to another generation, I think is where I was looking to see it go. And it didn't ultimately go there, but in my headcanon, it does. (laughs) So
1: I like that. I do like that because yeah, if you think about it, like he's the only one that like taught 22 to like, you know, learn to find her spark. Like, yeah, yeah. I like that. I I like that headcanon idea of it.
0: And I also watched it with a teacher who was like,
1: yeah, we, it sh- he, he should teach. He should so. be teaching. He got, he got a full-time paid job, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Health benefits? Health benefits, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was a little bit of a loftier goal or a loftier message than I think Pixar has gone for lately. And for that, I really like it.
0: I was going to say, what was the message of the good dinosaur? Because I haven't seen that.
1: I haven't, You know, it's the only one I haven't seen.
2: Being a good dinosaur?
0: okay <laughs> be a good dinosaur and go die from that asteroid
1: yeah you get you get over there
2: you get
0: yours no.
1: <laughs> so one of the things i do want to talk about and this is a little bit back to non-spoilery stuff but i love it every time pixar does something or does a new movie they need to challenge themselves in some way uh they need to do something creative or innovative in the field uh and a good example this is for brave they made a whole engine for Merida's hair um did there was there anything technically impressive that you guys saw in this movie uh and I'll tell you my answer later cuz this might be it I don't know
0: for me the shots of earth looked really good like the yeah. the skyline shots they all looked almost photorealistic not as much as the cat in Toy Story 4 <laughs> but i those were what really caught my eye like just mm-hmm. the landscapes and the sh- like the The buildings in New York, I thought looked really good.
2: Um, I was actually gonna say the motion. Like everybody moving individually. The the shots on the street, the shots in the club, especially when they were done playing and the audience stood up and started clapping. Mm -hmm. Like that threw me a little bit because my brain for like a half second was like, I thought I thought this was CGI, not live action. (laughs) <laughs> when they stood up and I had that thought for like a split second. And then I just, I was like, Oh, that, that's stupid. Um, the, uh, the background character motion in this seemed to be more fluid yeah. than it normally is.
1: I I think for me, the part that was most impressive was the two very distinct art styles between the afterworld and before world and like New York, because New York, like you guys had said, looks very good, very photorealistic, very fluid, The Afterworld's very cartoony and very, like, Inside Out. And, like, in Inside Out, they kind of made the two styles match. These, they didn't, but they had to have Terry go to the real world. And they had to have, in this photorealistic New York, a cat that talks. And I think that one of the... I thought that was one of the more impressive things, is they made it work seamlessly, despite what looked like two different art styles. That was the part I thought was cool.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed that, too. I really liked when Mm -hmm. they brought... What was it, Terry? Terry. In, yeah, I liked him popping out of like the subway art, and then like yeah, like, really cool. they like integrate him with the environment. Yeah, how they they blended him in with everything around him.
2: Yeah, this is gonna be random, but and I and I, and I don't know if you guys are gonna see this, and it might just be a weird quirk of mine, but <laughs> I see a lot of the crab from Moana in Terry, and I see a lot of Terry <laughs> in the crab in Moana.
1: I I can see that. Uh, like the it, voice
2: sounds similar. And is it the same person?
1: It's not. I'm I'm looking them up now. Uh it looks like Terry is voiced by somebody named Rachel House. Uh and the crab from Moana is somebody from Flight of the Concords.
2: Okay, because yeah. like I don't know, just like their personalities were similar. Yeah. Like just the, the weird quirkiness of like their like s- self importance, I guess. Oh yeah, like the way that they presented themselves was eerily similar, and so I was just like, I was imagining like this is Muana, and that's the crab. The crab died, and that's <laughs> his job in the afterlife.
1: That's <laughs> his job now.
0: So, <laughs> what did you guys think of Tina Fey's
1: twenty two? I think it was fine. I, um, like. I I think she I think she did a competent job for what she had to do. It feels like she was like channeling Amy Poehler a little bit. I mean, to be fair,
0: they came up together. So I think they're very similar styles when it comes to voiceover work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're like, they both have different styles, but I think their delivery when it comes to voiceover work is very similar. Yeah. And I think Joy and 22 have a lot in common. So I can see that comparison a lot. Yeah. What, did you like it, Ryan?
2: So, uh, do you like the character or her portrayal as the character? 20,
0: 20, the character. What did you think of the character?
2: I connected with 22 the most out of this. Did you? Actually. Um, Were you hard to teach? For a long – what?
0: Were you hard to teach growing up?
2: No, no, not hard to teach, not knowing what I want to do, not okay. knowing what I'm meant for. And that's what I was talking about before about connecting with this movie, because it because it hasn't been for maybe the past four or five years. Well, up until the past four or five years, when I had kind of a change in mindset, I was lost. Like I worked for Walmart as long as I did because it fit what I needed at the time. Like and and I binge hobbies like crazy. Like I'll be like. You know, like, uh, when I was in high school, I thought welding was going to be the coolest thing. Like, Mm. and I did a welding class for a long time. And then I was like, you know, no, I like art a lot more. So I'll do art. So I got into commercial art and I was like, I'm going to be a commercial artist. I'm going to be a graphic designer. And then I realized I hated that industry. (laughs) And then I moved over and I'm like, you know, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a history teacher. And I went to be a history teacher and nothing fit. I mean, I like being outdoors. I like doing camping, but Mm -hmm. I was like, I want, it's, you know, it's like, cool. I could be a forest ranger. And then I looked up being a forest ranger. I'm like, "Eh, with my, with my dyslexia and my physical health issues, I can't do that job. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, I like being outside. I kind of like trains. I'll work for a train company and be one of the guys that works on, you know, the rails and drives those trucks that have like the train wheels that flip down and do maintenance with my physical health issue, I can't do that. So for a long time, I felt like I didn't know what I was here for. And I thought that was a thing. Like, you know, you're here and you've got like a single thing that like, you're going to be really, really good at. And that's what you're going to do with your life. And you just have to expand on that. And it hasn't been, like I said, like four or five years ago, I realized, no, that's not true. That's definitely not true. I just got to do what you know I want to do and what's fun, and just enjoy life. And that's why this movie hit because I really connected with twenty two.
0: Yeah, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So,
2: (laughs) no, I'm in exactly
1: the same way. Like, it's weird because you know moving countries like this, I had to quit my job because the job wouldn't go internationally with me. So I'm unemployed for the first time in my adult life, and I'm now kind of trying to figure out what that next step is. And it's such a weird place.
0: It, it is a weird place, and I think all three of us have been there
1: yeah. recently.
0: Like in the last five yeah. years, we've all been in that the in your shoes. So it is a really weird place, and uh, I mean it, maybe it's that's, hard. It's hard to bounce back from.
1: Yeah, and like maybe so, that's why yeah. I'm like I'm like I keep like focusing on the message of this movie because I love that. Like it's not about like finding the one thing that you're good at, it's about just enjoying what you're doing and enjoying being here. And I, yeah, I like that. So, and yeah,
2: one of the, one of the more surface things about 22 that I really connected with Mm -hmm. was going into the hall of everything and her trying everything. And then like her having fun for like the first five minutes and then going meh, (laughs) because, and I feel like that has to do, I mean, I have ADHD and I Mm -hmm. feel like that's part of it where like, I'll, binge and hyper focus on something for like a week and a half. And then I'm just completely bored and don't want to touch it ever again. Oh, wow. Like I was into model trains for all of five days (laughs) and now I just don't care. Like (laughs) I'm serious. Like, um, that, uh, there've been video games that I was like, Oh, this is the best thing ever. And I haven't touched it in like five years. Oh, wow. Um, and so like, So like, that's why when I find something that I don't get tired of, I obsess over because when I find something that I obsess over that doesn't carry on, I feel like I wasted time. And so I really also connected with the whole, like, I want to light something on fire. And then she's like, meh, like after that, or, you know, like going up in the rocket ship and going, meh, like, I feel that because I could be doing something really exciting and get bored halfway through.
1: That's funny, though. I yeah, I can understand that, too, though. I get that sometimes, too, where I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And then I go to do it. And I'm like,
2: eh, it
0: was fine. One of my favorite yeah. things about 22 were all of the flashbacks to her former mentors.
1: Yes, because they were Absolutely. very family yes.
0: guy esque.
1: And yeah. usually I don't yeah, want were. a
0: family guy cutaway in my Pixar movies, but I really like them in this one. And I could have done with some more.
2: Oh, I agree. Same.
0: Like, I, I feel Ed, like with all Ed Ed of that was d- my favorite. With all the Disney Pixar stuff they have coming to Disney Plus, I feel like there could just be a whole series of shorts where you just see different people teaching Twenty Two, and that would I really so want to see those. Like, oh yeah! If, if I can get a, a show of Forky asking questions, give me that show. Give me the show of <laughs> of Twenty Two just learning from different people.
1: What were your guys' favorites? Did you guys have one? Antoinette. For just a floating head. <laughs> so. No, and they were in a cake shop, which is even better.
0: Yes. I like the Muhammad Ali, you are the greatest pain in the neck.
2: Yes, that was a good one to eat through the gloves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like the, I really like the Abraham Lincoln one, and I honestly forget what he said, but I just remember really liking that one.
2: Uh, she asked him about being on the penny.
1: Oh, and that's like, right.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I no, it's like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm I'm good. And she's like, they put Jackson on the 20. Jackson?
1: That was <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's yep. It. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was good. Okay, so what did you guys think of Jamie Foxx in this one? Because this was a surprise for me because Jamie Foxx for me is Django, he's in Robin Hood, he's in White House Down. He's not this character at all. And I thought he freaking killed it. Like I thought he did such a good job. I,
2: I didn't even know it was Jamie Foxx until you guys started talking about the cast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I liked him in this. Yeah. It took me halfway through the movie to, re, to put together that he played Ray Charles. So the whole jazz musician oh, piano he, player thing was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's why this makes more sense than I thought it did.
1: Yeah. Um, I forgot about that too.
0: He's very diverse in his roles because yeah. everything you just listed. He also did Amazing Spider-Man Two, uh, the Jamie Foxx Show back in the oh. nineties. What's he? Know, what is he known for? Uh, okay, so his his known for on IMDb are Ray, Django Unchained, Collateral with Tom Cruise, and Dreamgirls.
1: That's like such a range, though.
0: Yeah, and then he's also in Horrible Bosses One and Two.
1: Is he the horrible boss?
0: No, he's like their their mentor who teaches them how to uh, mess with their bosses.
1: Oh, that's fun. Ha- have you not seen Horrible Bosses? Never,
2: never. Brian, I've had no interest in ever watching Horrible. Movies. It is it's Jason will we'll do. It is Jason Bateman
1: in it, so I'm gonna love it.
0: Jason Bateman, yeah, no. Jason Sudeikis, and Charlie Day.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna love that three. Yeah, those three.
2: No, I like the actors. I just don't find the concept
1: appealing. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I liked him
0: in this. Um
1: Yeah, I thought he was really good. I mean, it's it seemed different than what I was used to seeing him, and I liked it.
0: The the, yes. the weirdest casting for me was Moonwind, played by Graham Norton.
2: Yeah. Uh Who's that again?
0: Graham Norton. He he oh, who's the character? No, who's Graham Norton? Graham Norton is a talk show host in the UK.
1: I'm trying to see what he's in that you would know him from. He's I mean, he's very British.
0: Yeah, I don't even know him from anything outside wasn't of his talk show. Something
2: he was in Eurovision in recently where he did a uh, he did. He did like a quick cameo in something. Oh, hang on. Was he in Cats?
1: I don't know. That,
0: that's that's James Corden.
1: Yeah, you're yeah, on the right true. track, though.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, then I'm not entirely sure I know who this guy is. This guy. Oh, him. Yeah, yeah. him. I've seen him occasionally on, on, on that show where the guy with the beard interviews the actors and they tell stories on the red couch inside. Yeah, the actors. That's, that's his
0: mm-hmm.
2: show. Oh, that's oh, his that's show. him.
0: That's his show. Yeah. Oh, okay, Graham cool. Show, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, no.
2: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about now. <laughs> exactly. yeah, I, I, yeah. I only see clips of it on Facebook. So I only like,
0: <laughs> I didn't know that was him. Yeah, I saw him in the IMDb cast, and I was like, wait, what? But it makes sense. It like, just, it, yeah. I had to look back at the, the cast list to figure out who that voice was. Like, I know that voice from something, but I can't place it. And that's what it was. It was those interviews that you see on Facebook from the Graham Norton show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I really liked that character, though. I liked Moonwind a lot, and I especially liked his whole, like, everybody else was like meditating somewhere and he's just twirling that sign. Like that's his meditation.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it, I can see that being someone's meditation though. Like I I, can, yeah. I totally bought that. So,
2: well, I mean, I can definitely connect with that because when I was in high school, I was on a rifle team Right I oh, shot wow. competitively. I used rifles and I shot competitively against other high schools that had rifle teams. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to America. Um, at first, when it. you
0: said rifle team, I was just picturing you in the color guard
2: tossing rifles. I
1: That's did too what though. a lot of
2: people think. That's what a lot of people think, but it's not. Like We did competition shooting at ranges at 50 feet. Wow. Um, but anyway... Um, I like it was a meditation thing for me. Like I would lay down in, in the prone shooting position, get tied up in my gear. Mm-hmm. And I, y- y- you had to breathe a certain way. You had to pull the trigger the certain way you had to shoot the, the exact same way. Every single time you had to listen to your spotter mm-hmm. and adjust your, uh, like sights accordingly to like where you were moving on the, the, the target sheet. And I'd fall asleep after uh I'd fall asleep after after, after I was done shooting for like five minutes because I would get in the zone and I wouldn't hear anything else. I wouldn't even hear the other gunshots going off. Even though we were in concrete rooms with headgear on, you'd still hear the pops. I wouldn't hear the pops. Wow. So, I mean, I could definitely see, you know, somebody doing something as meditation because I used to.
1: (laughs) Devin, do you have anything like that? Anything as meditation. Um, Yeah, this is going to be kind of weird, but for me, it's like... If I ever just play video games, like if I'm ever like into it, it actually like I stop thinking about what the video game is and just start thinking about whatever I need to do um, that one. Or if I whenever I go on a run, usually if I go on a run, I start my run thinking about a problem that I have. And usually by the end of the run, I'll have like thought about it enough that I have my answer to it. Okay. So opposite ends of the spectrum. Do you have anything
0: uh, for me? It's music. Like, yeah. I have a certain playlist that I'll put on if I just want to relax and get into it. like to go to sleep, I'll put on this playlist. Like if I'm going to lay down in the afternoon for a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few video games are like that for me. Um, yeah. anything where I'm Spider-Man and just swinging around New York city is very yeah. meditative for me. And I'll just put on like the, uh, dashboard confessional soundtrack from yes. Spider-Man Two and just swing around the city. um, Uh, that that's like my happy spot, like very relaxing for me. And I'll do the same thing where I, where I'm thinking about like my day and like just, um, processing problems and things, Mm -hmm. but also just driving. Like I'll driving is very meditative for me when like, there'll be times where I'll, I have a routine where I'm mostly listening to podcasts when I drive. Oh yeah. But there'll be times where I was like, you know what? No podcasts, just, just music on shuffle Uh and just, just drive.
1: So that's pretty cool though. I like that. So this movie had, so like that, like that whole meditative thing was relatable to Ryan. The movie had something for me (laughs) that was really, really familiar. Uh, and it was after he does the gig. So he, he like finally gets this gig that he's been working for his whole life. They're done with it. He killed it. He goes out and he's talking to the main lady uh, that's in charge of it, or that was like the main like, headliner. And he's like, yeah, what do we do now? And she goes, we come back tomorrow and do this again. And he goes, oh. And like, he can tell had this moment of like, OK, so I just gig to do more gigs to do more gigs. And like that wasn't necessarily appealing to him. I had that exact experience. Actually, me and somebody on my improv team had that exact experience when we finally started doing improv shows. We, like, built these up in our minds. We, for months, would not do a single show. We finally did an indie improv show. We did just all right, but we did it. We were so pumped. We were like, what do we do now? And they're like, more indie improv. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Okay.
0: see that's that's part of the reason i never really got into the gig yeah aspect of filmmaking Uh because i know plenty of people who do gigs and like go from job to job and work on different projects throughout the year Mm -hmm. that's not appealing to me no like i like having a steady job and knowing where like having an office and a desk and knowing what my schedule is going to be week to week, even if it does fluctuate a little bit. Yeah. I I like the stability of that. I don't like necessarily doing the gig thing full time. Yeah. But it's part of what the industry is. And I just, I avoided that on in New York and in LA.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, that's how it kind of was with the art thing. Because like I said, I went to art school for a while when mm-hmm. I was in high school to like do the whole graphic design thing. And it was fun. I like being creative. But the industry just did not appeal to me at all. Because either you're freelance and you basically have to like sell yourself, which I don't want to do. I find <laughs> like I'm very insecure about having to like create an elevator pitch for myself and sure. like having to like, you know do that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then getting a job at an actual like company that does it commercially, like in a very wide spectrum is very cutthroat and that's not the environment I want to be in. And so I'm doing a job right now that is like, it is my job, my spark in any way. No. Is it fun? Yes. Because when I'm done working on a machine, it's fixed and I can walk away and I know it's fixed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I can just go on to the next one. Um, and you get to so, travel. Uh, yeah. Right? Oh, like, well, I get to travel. But, every oh, yeah. The, tra- yeah the, the travel is a big thing for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I um, I love driving. Like, I love driving. Just whatever. Like, I could be a limousine driver and be happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, no. like, uh, I've got a 75-mile range from where I live, and nice. I could respond to a call uh, within that range. Like, for anybody who knows South Central Pennsylvania – I could be I could I could respond to a call to fix a machine in Gettysburg Mm -hmm. and then have to go to Lancaster then have to go to Harrisburg and then Greencastle and then back to Hanover. Wow. And then go up to Halifax. And that's all one day. And that's half my day is driving.
1: Sounds like a lot. And I like
2: that. I'm by myself. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I I just that that scene just hit me like particularly hard where I was like, oh, oh, I've been there, man. So the one thing I've been thinking about this movie is that for the beginning part of it, it ha- almost has this theory of those that can do, those that can't teach. And I'm really glad it stopped doing that. Like, by the <laughs> end, I feel like it doesn't have that. Because that was actually something I was going to complain about. The second I, like, the second he was, like, teaching is dumb. I should be doing. I'm like, are you, are they promoting that, like, dumb phrase I have?
0: I think part of the message is he's unaware of the influence he's having on these kids. Got it. Cause especially the one who comes for the lesson who's, who's trying to quit. Yeah. And then she's like, well, hold on, let me show you what I, what I've been working on. And that passion comes back for her,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: even though he's not in his own body at that point. Like, 22's reaction to it is like, yeah, like this, this is it. Like you're doing good. Keep it up. Yeah. Like I think it, it dabbles with those who can't teach. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't really play with that. I think it's more, he just doesn't understand the impact that he's having. Cause he just sees this as a job. Got whereas yeah. he's really influencing these
1: kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I think I'm that's just-
2: where the teaching aspect that you have came from.
1: And I think I'm just really overly sensitive yeah. to that argument and just really don't like it. Because I have a lot of teacher friends who are amazing at what they do and also teach. And I've heard a couple people say that, and I would get really offended by that. So, like, when the movie started to lean towards it, I was like, ooh, Pixar. But I think you guys are right. Devin, See, did... the thing is, I've...
2: No, go I'll... ahead. Go... No, you go ahead, <laughs> okay, Um, I've only heard that phrase in regards to sports. Oh, interesting. I've never heard it in regards to actual teachers. I've heard it, yeah. Yeah, because, like, here, like, I was a decent shooter when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I was a good shooter. Was I, you know, like, an an all-star? No. Was I going to win any awards? No. But I can teach, and I know it. So, like, I'm a good amateur shooter, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to, like, competing professionally, (laughs) I wouldn't cut it. But I could teach somebody to, to, you know, shoot professionally Mm -hmm. so i've only ever heard that in the sports realm i've never actually heard it in regards to like a history teacher or Mm -hmm. a music teacher because i mean you have to be able to do it to do those jobs
0: i've heard it more towards english teachers like Mm -hmm. people who go into college for like a english degree like like, I feel like a lot of them, like, want to, like, aspire to be writers, but most of the time end up teaching, like, high school English. Sure. Um. But, De- Devin, did you get any flashbacks to when we were in jazz band
1: watching this? Oh, my gosh. Like, the whole time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Especially, yeah. like, like him, like like re- like, singing the melody, like, while he's conducting and the band just, like, not getting it. I feel like there were yeah. a couple of charts that our band did that, like. Mr. B was just like, they're not getting it. Like, I'm just, I'm pulling this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There were definitely a few of them. Like, I remember the one time he pulled out the family guy theme song and we tried it once and he's like, nope.
1: Nope. Sorry. <laughs> going back. Gonna... I was like, oh, did we yeah,
0: do that th- bad? I didn't
2: even catch that. That was supposed to be like wish upon a star. Like Alan, you mentioned before that. The oh, at opened, the beginning. Like, yeah. The... yeah. I didn't even catch that. So, I mean, like I was in choir in middle school. Oh yeah. For like a, for like a half a year and then I quit. Um, but um but yeah, I didn't even catch that. All I heard was like, oh, a middle school band class. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I didn't even catch what the melody was. <laughs> and I don't
0: think you're like, I think it takes a special ear to recognize what it is. I think that's intentional.
1: Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it just this movie did so much fairly realistically. And I think that's so cool next to like how fantastical it does get. With like the Jerry's and the Terries and the mentors and all that stuff.
0: So we need we need to talk about the the biggest cameo in this movie that had my jaw on the floor. Pizza Rat shows up in this. <laughs> yes. Pizza Rat
2: does show up in this. <laughs> that was, that was not one expecting Pizza. That that. And I were laughing so hard about when we saw that one. Was
0: not expecting Pizza
2: Rat.
1: No, that was great no. though.
0: It's such an old callback, but I was I'm there for
1: it. When was Pizza Rat like around? Oh, oh that was like 2012,
2: wasn't it? Was it thirteen or fourteen? That was like early. That was like in the past like six, seven years.
0: 2015. Wow, that's so old. Yeah,
2: five years. It's been five years since Pizza Rat. <laughs> that kind of gets into the one thing I have to say about this that I kind of got annoyed with.
1: Okay. Okay,
2: I was towards the end. I was really getting tired of the stick of Tina Fey being and Joe.
1: Interesting. It
2: was getting annoying to a little bit. And then but I'm talking like the last five minutes of it. Like it, it, it was just one of those things where, like, like, okay, I get it. You know, cool. He's learning his lessons. And they just kept on doing the whole, you know, like, you know, like Joe's trying to get, you know, 22 to move on and you know you know keep on moving and she keeps on kind of doing things to make him open up his eyes yeah it just got to the point where i'm like okay enough already i get it like move like get you know like get the storyline moving but it was like the last five ten minutes of it but it still kind of was you know wearing on me it went a little over long for you yeah it did
0: yeah i i can I can see that too. It did start to wear on me after a while, but I was like, okay, they're going to wrap this up soon because it Mm -hmm. unlike, unlike the other movie that we talked about that came out (laughs) on Christmas day, this wasn't two and a half hours long.
1: No, where things just dragged forever. (laughs) Yeah, no, this
2: was. yeah. I do have to say about viewing this movie, um, something that I didn't mention on the wonder woman podcast, but I watched the wonder woman movie first. Uh And then I stopped it with like 58 minutes left to go because Kristen was done with her stuff that we watched. We stopped, which I stopped watching Wonder Woman. We we put soul on. Mm -hmm. We watched soul. And then I went back and watched the last 58 minutes of Wonder Woman. (laughs) So my notes got crossed. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) So so uh, so that's why I'm not going off them. But
0: I
1: didn't think that was.
2: <laughs> well, actually, so
0: that, that brings. Like, Devin's the Pixar expert.
1: He'll yeah, have I, stuff. I so. got this. So that actually brings up a good question. So we talked about in our earlier episode with Wonder Woman, we talked about what it was like viewing this from home. What was it like viewing a Pixar movie from home? Did this change anything at all for you? So, like, we talked in Wonder Woman about how that big spectacle where there was the part where they fly through the fireworks. And that would have been a really cool scene to see in theaters. Did this have anything like that? Honestly,
0: I watch most of my Pixar movies at home. Okay. I think the last one I saw in theaters was Inside Out. Hmm. Okay. Uh, So Pixar is not one that gets me to the theaters often. Like I'll usually Mm -hmm. wait until it's on home video to watch it because it's usually like I just never really get to the theaters for these movies. So sure. most of the time I watch it from home. So it didn't really feel much different for me. And I don't think there was really anything that really stood out
2: that would have changed in a theater for me. I would have liked to see this in theaters mainly because of the 2001 ish uh, compilation they had at the beginning. Yeah. when Joe was falling through from the st- like the the escalator to heaven, yeah. To like the before realm, that whole montage, like that was very two thousand one esque, of like the like weird visuals and the like tunnel vision, and then him falling through. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been cool to see in the big screen. Um That and when they were in the lost soul, like in the zone. Oh one, yeah, and they were dealing with the lost souls. That would have been cool to see on the big screen. Seeing that pink, you know. Um uh Grateful
1: Dead ship. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up over the hill. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I was the same way. I think I've seen every Pixar movie in theaters. I see them almost the day they come out. So this was the first one in a long time I haven't seen in a theater. And I would have loved to see that. According to IMDB Facts, that part that Ryan was talking about where he like jumps through the um the escalator. Uh that's supposed to be an interstellar reference. Which like okay. Like I You know, insert space movie here, reference. But I thought I would have liked to see that on the big screen, I think. So it was a little weird for me.
0: And I'm pretty sure Nolan was referencing uh, 2001 when he did that. Exactly.
1: Right. It all kind of circles back on itself. It's a
2: reference of a reference of a reference.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. A copy (laughs) of a copy of a copy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then you wind up with, uh, you know, four husbands and one of them doesn't turn out that right. Yeah.
0: Devin, do you get that reference? No. Oh, I know what we're watching next week. Do you? <laughs> yeah, multiplicity.
1: Yep, don't know what that is. I can't wait. <laughs> I thought yes! these were your picks.
0: <laughs> I don't know what
1: it means. These are bonus episodes. Yeah, these are all, these are all good. So you actually brought up something cool that I for, not forgot about, but it was something I really loved when I watched the movie and then just kind of left, was I liked those like purple monster things. And I like how you got to be one of them where like, if you became so incredibly obsessed and single-minded about something, you like became like this monster, which I love that as a message. I think.
2: Well, that's kind of where, again, like I, where my connection with this movie came, like that's where I was before I left Walmart. I'm going to fully admit it. (laughs) Like I'll, and I'll name drop. I don't care. Like (laughs) I was one of those monster things And then the situation at Walmart happened and Mm -hmm. I left and my drive home. Like I literally had that reaction where that guy woke up at his desk and he's like, I'm free. And he threw (laughs) all the like computer screens on the ground. Like I, like I seriously had that reaction, the drive home. Wow. On my last day.
0: Yeah. I definitely was in the same place at a certain point at Walmart Cause we, that's where we met. If anyone doesn't know, yeah. like Ryan and oh, I yeah. met working retail at Walmart. Um, so yeah, it got to the point where I was there as well. And then like managers were just being really stupid around me. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. Like I, I, I can go find something else. And then I did, I yeah. found something else and I was at Walmart for a little bit longer, but I was part-time and things got better. And then I was able to do video stuff full-time finally. And, uh, Things got
1: a lot better after that. So, yeah, retail
0: really does wear you down and Mm –
1: yeah. Well, I mean I even had that when I was working tech support. So I won't name drop it. I was working tech support for a specific (laughs) – felt like a startup company. And every time like something would happen in the company – it would, I would obsess over it. Like, it would be all I would think about that night. I would come home and Romana and I's only conversations would be about me being mad about this thing from this job. And it just, literally, like, I turned into that thing and then I got a job immediately after that one and it was like I was a whole other person. Like, I had my personality back. I wasn't just about this job. So, like, that, like, really hit home for me too. And I thought that was so cool where they they just show you become this, like, obsessed monster. And I love that. Good job, Pixar. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks mm-hmm. for reminding me of my adult stuff.
2: Now, what do you think your soulless, your lost soul monsters looked like?
1: Oh, man. Because
2: they were all different. I, so what do you think know. it looked like? Mine would have had... This is, yeah. this is purely imaginative, like because there's no connection between what you were doing and what the thing looked like. So this mine, is just what you wanted it to look like.
0: Mine probably looked like Grimace.
1: i like that mine would have had a lot of like ropey fingers that like were like all over me like more than like two hands like a lot of like hands and a lot of the ropey fingers and then it would just be like like have this like permanent scorn angry face on it
2: okay mine just mine would have been a monolith with legs with (laughs) the new camera set up for the iphone as eyes
1: like the, the the three
2: yeah. Th- the, the Brainiac the three, camera. Would be, yeah, yeah, that. So just, so was it? Just the monolith, the eyes in the shape of the camera for the iPhone with legs, with tiny little stick legs. That's okay. it.
1: That's awesome. So this, that, all of these conversations bring up something I just thought about. Like, a lot of the stuff that we're relating to about this movie is stuff that our what, th- collectively, you know, 29 plus years of living on this earth have kind of made us relate to. Is this a kid's movie still? Like, did they really make no, it's this? It's
2: definitely a kid's movie.
1: Like, what would a kid relate to in that aside from, like, <laughs> 22 silly? I don't think.
0: I don't think for the kids it's meant to be rel- relatable. I think for kids it's meant to be entertaining. And I think that's okay. why mm-hmm. where you get the cutaways for, for Tina Fey's character. Mm-hmm. And you get him as the cat and doing cat stuff and cutting away to him talking to the cat meowing. I think for kids there's a lot here to be entertaining. I think for adults there's a lot there to make you self-reflect and be like, oh yeah,
1: I get this. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> such a hard trick that Pixar pulls off pretty well, though.
0: It is. And I think they're, they there are the gold standard when it comes to that.
2: I'm, I'm telling you though, when he woke up in that cat, I became a kid. <laughs> 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 I instantly, I, I was instantly went from like, wow, this is really deep to ha, he's a cat. He's a cat <laughs>
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I just what what is it with Pixar and hiding the fact that someone gets someone possesses the body of an animal? Cuz they did the same thing in Brave, like they you didn't know well, that they the did, mom was yeah. a bear.
1: Yeah, they made it seem like it was going to be like Scottish Mulan. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which the, it was not. No. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not. The one part that made Kristen put like a frowny face on and made me go, "Oh no." Was when they were like, you know it's like it was it, it, he woke up as the cat. 22 woke up as him. And they're like, what happened to the cat? And they show the little blobby cat. Yeah. On, the, on, the, on the story to heaven go, meow. So I got sad. so sad. I was like, no, they're going to kill the cat.
0: Okay. This might be nitpicking, but I have a question about this. <laughs> yeah. So we're in spoilers. So I don't care. So they go into his body and the cat's body. The cat's mm-hmm. body goes into the great beyond or cat's soul goes in the great beyond. Uh-huh. How does the cat's soul get out of the great beyond and back into its body? Or is it just see, a zombie cat care. at that I don't care.
2: It just happened. <laughs> I don't know that it does. I don't care how it happened. Well, cause it, it just Because then the you see fine. the
0: cat with, her own, with its owner again. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the cat just drops dead in the subway. <laughs>
1: right. They had to like yank him out.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: My guess is Terry did it. If Terry is going to be diligent enough Terry's to go through. count. Yeah. If Terry's keeping count and Terry's going through all of that paperwork. Like just to find his, just to find Joe, he'll find the cat. I, th-
2: I think it's <laughs> a zombie say, cat. My funniest thing with Terry is like, "Hey Terry, look, look what's going on over there!" And they do the little thing. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, what, what w- were you saying? Something? W- were we talking? I don't remember." And Terry's just like, "Oh, whatever, I'll get back to work."
0: <laughs> so, can I tell you guys my head canon for how this movie should have ended? Yes. Like how, how I how I see like where I see Joe in like eight years.
1: Yes, or so. I'm excited.
0: I see him teaching his students. Uh-huh. He's still teaching, still doing gigs on the side. A new student comes in, unloads a bunch of stuff from their pocket, and uh. is really sarcastic and annoying. And it's it's twenty two. Oh,
1: that's what I want too, though.
2: Even though she dropped in Asia.
0: Yeah, I mean, they could have adoption's immigration's a thing. Yeah, yeah, adoption, yeah, immigration. Yeah, yeah.
2: very, very, very true. I just if that happens, I want. Her to be at least Asian, and yeah. if not Asian, somebody that was like belonged to like a missionary family or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because you're right, she definitely so. dropped in Asia somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I,
0: that's where that's where I saw the movie. Like, that's what I thought the movie was gonna end with, but it didn't. I was like, eh, head cannon.
1: Yeah, head cannon. I like that. I also back on the cat. I like that they didn't do the whole cats don't have souls anyway because that's what I was waiting for it to do, and I've like heard that no, joke enough. Yeah, I, I'm glad they didn't.
2: Yeah, no, they was—they definitely wouldn't do that.
1: I figured it out. What? Cats
0: have nine lives. That's how it's alive again. Oh,
1: <laughs> and they just used two of them. Yeah. <laughs> thats I like that explanation for it a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Anything so else that, we want to cover?
1: No, man, I like uh, this movie.
2: One thing I had to ask Kristen... Mm-hmm. Because it was right after the first scene where he's teaching and he looks at the pictures on the wall of like the old jazz artists. I, I asked her, I was like, are those real pictures that they incorporated into the film? Like mm-hmm. at first I thought they were real. Like I thought those were real black and white pictures, but they're not. They're gotcha. created just like everything else. But I really liked how they depicted his life. And how obsessed he was. And then going through like his hall of his life when they flipped it from the one guy to, you know, his. And it was one of those things where it was like he kind of self-reflected and he was like, this is what my life has been. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's all he can remember. And he doesn't think of, like Alan said, he's not thinking of the people that he's influenced.
0: It was weird watching that scene. And seeing him just watching TV and flipping through channels as I'm sitting on my couch watching TV, just yeah. watching this movie—that was a meta like, hey, moment. Hey, yeah, uh, too much. Yeah, I, I didn't realize this app had a mirror.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, one of the things that I like about that, though, is that it's showing that like anybody can fit into that role. Because, I mean, like, I was thinking that a little bit, but then I was thinking to myself, you know, hang on a second, no, because I interact with so many people a day, and I have conversations with a ton of people that, you know, even though I'm afraid that that's what my, like, hall of life might look like, mm-hmm. and they don't call it that, that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, there's a lot of people that I interact with on a daily basis, even though I work on my own, because I deal with customers constantly, mm-hmm. face face-to-face, so... You know, that and they haven't really found a way of depicting social interactions online yet. Right. So, so like what the three of us are doing right now in that old style of like, oh, what does your life look like? Would just look like us sitting on the computer staring at a screen. But in reality we're talking to each other and we're discussing things. And this gets into why I have such a beef with people that are like, get off your phone. <laughs> like no old man, put down the newspaper. Cause it's the same thing. Right. Almost. Like, stop it.
0: Yeah. So. It's, it's weird because like the three of us, are talking every day, even if it's just like a meme or two, like we all have an interaction and right. And like skirting around the fact that Devin hasn't seen the Mandalorian yet, but we're still (laughs) having conversations. So I'm going to guilt trip you as much as I can until
2: you watch it. You need to watch it, Devin, because there's so much stuff that, Alan and I have been like exchanging about yeah. it that we need to be able to do it in the group chat and we can't because you yeah. haven't seen it yet. But I'll I'll hurry, will I will say
0: you not having watched it has set up some really great jokes on our end.
1: Oh, has it really? Like, yeah, it has.
0: We've
2: been yeah. messing
0: with you a bit and it's fantastic. <laughs>
1: then I've totally missed all of it. Dang <laughs> yeah. it. I'm
0: so mad um, about it. All right. I really enjoyed soul.
1: Yeah. I liked it.
0: We already Same recorded here. our best of the year. And I didn't ask this question for Wonder Woman because I don't think any of us were going to put it on there. <laughs> but does Sol, where does Soul rank for stuff that you've seen this year? For me, it's pretty high. Mm-hmm. Not, not having seen many new films, this is pretty high up on my list now. Uh, it probably would have been yeah, my shame top here.
1: three. Same here. I think this would have replaced Tiger King on my list. Okay. Yeah, I think this would have been my number three. And I think the my number three would have been a number four.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, This doesn't change my three because of how I did my three. It was Mm -hmm. more about what took up my time than what I saw that came out this year. But this would definitely be in my top three for my favorite things to have come out this year. Yeah. Okay. Would be this movie. It would definitely be in the top three.
0: And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, make sure to tune in uh, on New Year's Eve for our best of 2020, which will be dropping New, New Year's day. Eve, like yeah. I just said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, if you're listening to this today it drops, it'll be out tomorrow. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, hi. Hey. Hopefully this is the first video that we did and it actually worked. <laughs> actually I think Wonder Woman will be the first one. We've we've been having some issues. We're experimenting. Bear yeah. with us. Um but if you're listening to us, make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at you have to watch this podcast. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Audible, Amazon Music, TuneIn and the iHeartRadio app. You can also email us at you have to watch you can email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. It gets to be a lot. I need to make a note, so I just have it all there so I know what to say. Um, Hmm. But until next time, where I have the guys watch Multiplicity, starring Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, and Michael Keaton. What? Uh, For you to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week.